Welcome back to Commodity Conversations by Mercado, the podcast where we share the stories behind what's driving grain, livestock and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar and well it's been a big few weeks for ag commodities and a lot of news to jam pack into this four day working week. So we've got a lot to cover off on and Mercado's Managing Director Robert Herman is here with us today for a recap on what's moving in commodity markets and why. So let's get stuck right into it after this short thank you to today's podcast sponsor. G'day. Today's podcast is brought to you by the team at Western Union. If you're looking to partner with an agribusiness specialist to optimise your cross-border and foreign exchange risk management, the team at Western Union Business will equip you with the solutions you need to send, receive and manage your international payments. Download their app from your favourite app store or head to their website for more info. Thanks for your time and enjoy the chat. with Thanks for joining me for a market recap today, Rob. You've been out and about this week presenting at Meridian Agriculture's seminars around Victoria. What's the feeling out there at the moment amongst producers and growers? Well, it's a great time to be out and about because... um, farmers, especially in southern Australia, who haven't been impacted by the droughts in recent times to any great degree, they are um, in a a wonderful position. You know, there's there's probably uh, the key message behind the evenings was, you know, how do we actually um, take advantage of these extraordinary situations to position our businesses and the industries going forward to, you know, add resilience, um, add further efficiencies, etc., and, um, you know, there were sort of three themes, you know, let's be um, really grateful for the opportunity that we have in the markets at the moment. So, and remembering that it's not just the market prices that have contributed, it's the good season. And in the case of the Meridian clients who are coming along or the farmers who are coming along these meetings, it's also a recognition of their efforts over the 20, 30, 40 years, if you like, in some cases, to try and improve their businesses. And, you um, and we're saying, well, let's be grateful for that. Let's celebrate that. And, and farmers uh, have every right to celebrate good times because, you know, a lot of times we see in the, in the mainstream media that we only hear about agriculture when things are bad. So be grateful, celebrate and plan for the future using this opportunity. It's a really good point they've made there, Rob, that, you know, it's not a single season that adds up to the success that's over the years of, of hard work and through the good and the bad that will let them take these opportunities this year and build and, and grow from there. So really interesting that that was a theme and good to see it happening. There's also a little bit of concern, Liv, about, you know, what's ahead. And um, one of the areas of concern and we've been talking about for some time is the price of cattle, if you like, relative to the uh, international prices for meat and where we compete. And uh, I know you've, you've been looking at that, Liv. What's, um, what's happened in the latest uh, markets and are we get any closer to actually seeing what might unfold down the track? When we left off last week, we had the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator rallying because of all the rain, of course. It was up to 888 the end of last week and started actually pushing higher uh, throughout this week, but looking at the latest MLA reports that have come out for yesterday's market, it does seem to have pulled back to 8.77 on Wednesday. So there does seem to be a bit of fluctuation happening given the the week we've got with Easter. But uh, do you think these sort of 
pricing levels were expected given the rain, Rob? Well, I think the, the volatility is not unusual at this time of the year. You know, su- supply starts to tighten a little bit, uh, rain in some areas, no rain in some areas, and also you've got, as you pointed out, you've got processes who are have interruptions because of the um, the holidays. And we've got Easter now, and remember we've got Anzac Day coming up down the track, holidays. They will all impact. But that, so the volatility is not unusual. I think, um, you know, we will look back at this time, though, and see that, uh, you know, we, we set record prices for cattle markets. And as we've been explaining for some time, most of that driver of price is through the, um, uh, the ending of the drought and the recovery that farmers are trying to implement into their farms by rebuilding their cow herds. And so this rain that we've had over the last few weeks along the east, I mean, that might have been a real turning point for Queensland and we might see these prices sticking around for a lot longer than we thought. Do you think that might happen, Rob, or is there still room for it to go down? Um, look, there's always <laughs> there's always room for it to go down when you're at record levels, but what that rain's done, it's bought us more time and it's bought more time for these for the, uh, the Northern Hemisphere economies to improve. And if that happens, while we've bought this time and taken pressure off the market, then we'll see that the meat price has the ability or the uh, capacity to rally and go up. So the rain in the North, in Queensland, is, is a really important factor for people who are producing and, and selling cattle anywhere in Australia. Uh, if we hadn't have had those rains, then I think it's uh, not unreasonable to think that the Queensland cattle producers would have been offloading a lot of cattle um, for two reasons. One is they know that when it doesn't rain, you know, they run out of feed quickly, but also you've been offloading because the market is very attractive and, you know, why not, why not cash in? Now, because we've had the rain, and it hasn't been in every area, but it's been in enough areas to take the pressure off the market um, we know that New South Wales has got a bank of feed that uh, is almost unprecedented. So there's an appetite there for people to go in and pick up cattle that they can either grow out and fatten and, and sell later or replenish their breeding herds. So while those situations are in play, the market is likely to stay strong. Um, but in the end, we're going to need that, that meat market, especially in our export markets, that there's a rally in price and that will come from, you know, GDP growth, a recovery out of the uh, the COVID impact, et cetera, to, uh, to give those markets a bit more uh, sting in their tail. So, Liv, the, um, we've been talking beef here, but this also impacts on the lamb market. So what are we seeing there? Well, finished lamb prices that lost a bit of ground this week after last week's rally, I think. The Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator was at 8.41 on Wednesday. But the one category that was interestingly quite subdued considering all the rainfall was restocker lambs. Now, they got a small kick up last week, but restocker buyers seem to be taking a pretty cautious approach given all of that rain that we've had. So, I mean, we know that plenty of understocked sheep producers are still out there in New South Wales and that's why we've been seeing the premium for restockers above finished lamb values at, you know, really historical levels since spring 2020. But what's really holding back them pushing any further is like with the cattle markets, it's those finished values that aren't moving anywhere. 
Yeah, so it's good. I mean, overall, we're quite optimistic about red meat demand um, globally. But as with all markets, there are little things that will come to play on it and, and fine tune the price. Um, but as we were explaining last week, last night to um, you know farmers who came along to the Ballarat meeting with Meridian, if you are in agriculture and you do have livestock and you're a breeding enterprise, then we're going to be looking forward to, to a somewhat extended period of, of good, strong demand. So that's good. And of course, those, a lot of those people we were talking to last night live, uh, who are running sheep also are interested in the wool market. And this week we had a, uh, the last sale before a one, traditional one-week Easter recess, and the market was really quite strong. We had um, exporters you know, bidding up to fill immediate shipping orders, and, uh, and that put the market uh, into positive territory again. Uh, it closed, the Eastern Market Indicator closed at the, um, you know, the sort of a magical 1,300 cent level where it sort of hit uh, a few weeks ago and bounced down again. So it'll be interesting to see how it opens up. There is one negative overhanging the market, and that's the, um, the ability for these exporters to get their product on the water, shipped and into processes. And, of course, what that means is any delays delays their payments. And, uh, of course, that then ties up more capital and makes it difficult for them. But I think just stepping back from those potential problems, it ha that hasn't really impacted on the market yet, but that potential problem, we step back from that. We have to acknowledge that, um, and I think um, we we're just doing these numbers with Dave today, that uh, this calendar year, uh, so in 2021, in 10 of the 12 selling weeks, we've sold more than 40,000 bales of wool per week. And uh, I just had a look back to the same period for last year, and we're only selling 30,000 bales per week. So it's very hard to not argue that demand has recovered and is stronger. And I noticed that uh, in terms of the uh, Eastern market indicator, it's back to the levels it was at this time last year, so before the COVID impact. But in US dollar terms, um, it's dearer than when it was this time last year. And uh, that really tells us that our, uh, our customers are paying a bit more uh, and they're buying more. And in fact, I just had a look then, the Eastern market indicator in US dollar terms is 25% ahead of where it was this time last year. So I think if you're in sheep uh, and you've got, uh, you know, not only uh, mutton and lambs to sell, but wool to sell, um, it's a pretty good outlook. We've got through the worst, what appears to be the worst of the COVID impact on price, and we haven't built up huge stocks in the wool industry. And uh, if if the GDP growth comes like like some are forecasting in the Northern Hemisphere, we know that impacts on price. And so we could see a surge in demand, which will translate into price. At the same time, we haven't built up a lot of stocks that will dampen that down. So... You know, I'm, I'm always get a bit nervous, Liv, when you talk about markets and you just talk about in positive terms, but, you know, it's hard not to see that uh, at this stage. Well, better than the opposite, uh, you know, 18 months ago when it was all negative, Rob, it's very good to be talking about the optimistic things at the moment. And there was some more news released this week, the USDA's planting report. Have you got some highlights out of that report that you can share? Yes, well, I think the grain situation is quite tight, if that's the right word to use, Liv, because on the one hand, we've got um, pretty good prices and we've got strong 
consumer demand with China driving that in the global market. And, uh, you know, their purchases out of the US of corn and soybean particularly are well documented. And what that's translated into is pretty solid planting numbers, but, you know, they're not over the top. So overall, the market's response to this is that um, while we may have slightly more, I think, um, you know, wheat is estimated to be up 5% from last year uh, in planting in the US, um, nobody's sort of talking the market down significantly on the back of that. Now, I think that what, what that would tell me is that, you know, perhaps we've got more information to come down the track that will drive the market, but at the moment the market's not being driven seriously one way or the other. I think from uh, what we've been talking to to our clients, though, who are, who are planting or about to plant, and um, I, did, I did post a photo the other day, Liv, of, uh, you know, someone planting, obviously planting canola at this time of the year. It's a very early time to plant it, but I, I'm sure they're putting it in with a very optimistic outlook in mind. But if we, if we look at those, the, the, the situation for growers, it's a time when they should be trying to get some forward cover at these levels because the prices are good, but everywhere we look around the world, the conditions for planting and the conditions of the crop are at least good and sometimes very, in some places, very good. And generally what that will do over time, if that continues, is that you know, the buyers will get more content and have less anxiety about supply so they will will see the market come down so i think in in the short and the long of it is that uh, we've got great conditions in the east coast here to plant so by all means farmers get out there and, and start planting and as i said some have already started which seems very very early to me but who am i to say i'm not the expert on agronomy but get out there and plant but get a bit of cover at these levels that would be our general advice in this situation Good advice there, Rob. Get stuck into your planting, but also think ahead to your marketing decisions. Well, thank you very much for joining me for the market recap today, Rob. I hope all our listeners have a great Easter. And Rob, I hope you have a great Easter break too. Are you getting up north to do some camping? Yeah, we are, Liv. And uh, we're looking forward to, we're going to have 30 degree days here, which uh, will be a shock to us because we, we sort of missed out on summer a bit, but maybe summer's coming you're up in Cairns, and uh, I guess you're used to 30-degree days, but uh, have you got some plans for Easter as well, Liv? Just seeing the family this weekend, that's about the gist of it, and staying indoors away from the, the sun. We haven't started to see any drop in the temperature here yet, so I'm hanging out for that final rain that'll be the turning point in the season. <laughs> well, if you want to see some cooler days, I can tell you, you can always come to Ballarat, Liv. We get <laughs> the, the full range. <laughs> Uh, I'm well aware of that one. Thanks, Rob. (laughs) Well, thanks very much for joining us and everyone have a good week.